0: Also, some people are into poop. Like, that's a thing, too, so.
1: <laughs> Take your word on that.
0: You know, speaking for a friend, not me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Definitely. mean, let's be honest. In today's society, if it's something, somebody's into it. It doesn't matter that's, what it is. It's
2: true.
0: That's the truth, yeah. <laughs> we'll probably end up editing that out, but thank you for educating me. <laughs>
1: Two best of friends. You think we're still gonna hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that on record that you're dumb. Who think they know football? I will
0: not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot.
1: Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. A freaking moron. Let's be real. Fitzpatrick is
0: a beautiful man.
1: Because here, it's real football by real fans.
0: We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that.
1: The 2M Football Show starts now.
0: All right, hello everybody. Welcome into another episode of the 2M Football Podcast. Uh, Mike and Matt here coming at you with another episode, and we're back to our... Back to our uh, routine of last year of recording in the dead of night.
1: (laughs) I can hear the crickets already.
0: Kids are in bed. Like I told you, we're working on bedtime. And hey, look at that. We're starting before 10 (laughs) p.m.
1: Mike, stop jinxing it now.
0: (laughs) I know. Uh, Yeah. We're going to continue today our um, divisional breakdowns, moving over in the NFC, starting with the NFC South. Uh, We've got a little bit of news and preseason updates from the week one games that have taken place uh, so far this weekend and have and are ongoing. I think right now, even we record this on Friday night, August 12th. And um, yeah, so let's just get into it. No time to waste. The kids could wake up at at any time.
1: I could fall asleep at any time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, Thank you, Matt, after your busy day for staying up late once again, just like last year.
1: Is what I give for this show. It's not any type of content, but it's dedication. I appreciate it.
0: No one else. I feel like
1: I'm the DJ Callan of our podcast. I just have to scream my name and then write me the check.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know about the check uh, part of that. <laughs> You're still waiting for that, but yes. <laughs> I appreciate it, though, because I don't think anyone else I know is crazy enough to do this with me. So. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, let's get into it enough sincerity. Let's get in-
1: <laughs> yeah, this awkward.
0: Let's get into the trash talking and the football updates. Um, so last night we got our first look at Malik Willis, third round pick for the Titans. What? Uh, in a game against the Ravens. he he made some good plays, but then they're um a little bit of a little bit speaking of awkward. Head coach Mike Vrabel pulled him right, just two plays into the third quarter because, and this was his quote, they wanted to see him throw the ball. He didn't, so we put <laughs> in
1: the other guy. <laughs> That's, um, I don't, what?
0: Yeah, he was, yeah, he was just um, either taking check down passes or just running, which was his. You know how he didn't get most of his production. I think in college, so they he was. I think they wanted to work on making reads and going through progressions, and he was just tucking and and running every time instead. (laughs) He did make some nice throws, though, a couple of them anyway. Only other takeaway from that game is I know we talked about this last year. The Ravens are on this insane Mm -hmm. preseason winning streak, and it's still going. They won their 21st straight preseason game last night, and that record, that streak, goes back to 2016. (laughs) They have not lost
1: preseason. To be fair, it didn't work last year. Like I, I, we talk about this every year. I feel like I know preseason has a purpose, but clearly preseason really doesn't mean what everyone thinks it's going to mean because Baltimore didn't do very well last year.
0: Right. And then, yeah, we always bring up the Lions going uh, undefeated in their preseason right before they went winless that regular season. That was their 0 16 year. <laughs> so it means nothing in terms of that, but it's just, it's so improbable that that would happen. But they're still still going strong.
1: You know what? I guess when they say a win is a win, I guess take it where you can get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, the Packers are playing as we speak right now. It's it's only fitting they're playing their first game of this season. At least their first preseason game is against the same opponent who ended their regular season in 2021, or just a few months ago, uh, the 49ers. The two different quarterbacks, it's Jordan Love starting tonight for the Packers against Trey Lance for the 49ers.
1: It's an LVL battle.
0: I think last I checked, Love has two touchdowns and three interceptions. And uh, Lance had a really nice uh, bomb touchdown. The biggest news so far, and this is still developing story, is that Zach Wilson, Jets quarterback, may have torn his ACL tonight. No. Which would just be a brutal blow for the Jets.
2: Man, he he
1: wasn't that bad last year for the Jets. Like he actually, he was a pretty big stud for that team. So if he goes down, man. That opens up a whole possibilities for moves that the Jets can do.
0: Yeah. Most notably, uh, one Jimmy Garoppolo. It depends on if they want to try to actually win some games this year or just roll with Joe Flacco and go full tank.
1: Oh, geez. <laughs> hey, all I'm going to say is he won a Super Bowl. That
0: Super Bowl go. winning quarterback Joe Flacco. True, it it has to be said. <laughs> But yeah, potentially brutal news for the Jets. And by the time we release this episode, I'm sure, you know, we'll know for sure one way or the other.
1: You keep talking. I will look up news.
0: <laughs> we'll hope for the best. All right. Another thing I want to talk about briefly, Hard Knocks, the first episode came out this past Tuesday. Of course, they're with the, the Lions training camp this year and a lot of hype around this season with largely thanks to Dan Campbell and his insanity. And I got to say, he didn't disappoint.
1: Uh, Are you going to you're going to like this comment by Robert Sal. Uh, OK, he said uh, the ACL is in quotes, supposed to be intact.
0: Supposed to be. (laughs) I know it's supposed to be, but. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. well, thanks for that. Live research, I'm sure they have to do an MRI or whatever. I think it's usually... Yes, yeah, it MRI. says
1: that there's there's no update and they're waiting on the MRI, but we will be... I will be watching this <laughs> news page closely.
0: All right, cool. Thanks.
1: Thank you, ESPN. Um, for that. And thank you, Robert South, for that great quote. Oh, you man, know it's I, a-
0: just, I just want you to know that Dan Campbell doesn't care if you have one butt cheek and three toes. He'll kick your ass anyway.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> Please... Was that
0: a quote? Actually, he said one ass cheek and three toes. It'll kick your ass anyway.
1: <laughs> I love Dan Campbell.
0: Direct quote from his introductory uh, speech to the team in the first episode of Hard Knocks. <laughs> and he also made a D's nuts joke. So he is. Uh, no. He, he, he did. He did. It's incredible. Everyone's got to watch Hard Knocks.
1: If, and for no other reason than just Dan Campbell.
0: That is the main reason, yeah. Although, uh, yeah, the Lions as a team are pretty compelling. And they they revealed that the Cardinals are going to be their in-season team from like weeks, whatever they do, 10 through the end of the season, just like they did with the Colts last year. I think um,
1: that's a good with all the uh, controversy and stuff that surrounded Kyler Murray.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think the trade to get... Um,
0: Brown, Hollywood Brown,
1: Hollywood Brown is during especially during the uh, draft. I want to see the uh, the war room when that happens.
0: Yeah. Um, And then they'll tune in just in time for their inevitable second half of the season collapse that we've seen the last few years. So that should be good TV. A little bit of news. The Bears are in a standoff with their stud linebacker Roquan Smith. Over his new contract, he has requested a trade now because I guess they lowballed him with their offer, or at least he felt that way. And uh, he's like the only good player they have left. We'll talk about the Bears in a couple episodes when we get to the NFC North.
1: What happened already? Hmm? What happened already?
0: What, Nikhil Harry?
1: Oh, did you already say that? Sorry, I'm reading like two things at once.
0: No, 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 I didn't yet. But Oh. Well, the first thing I was saying was Roquan Smith requested a trade. He's like their only good young player on defense.
1: Well, of course the Bears find a way to screw up anything that they have that's good. That's their typical M.O.
0: (laughs) And then, yeah, I mean, it it literally doesn't matter because I doubt Nikhil Harry was going to be playing much anyway. Uh, but he suffered a severe ankle injury and he'll be out the first this half. Says
1: Marcus Wheaton, written all over it. That's all I'm <laughs> gonna say, and I'm gonna leave that comment there. And I'm been calling let it for fans weeks. Do you, it.
0: You've been calling it for weeks. I think you're right. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: preliminary updates on a few of the quarterback battles being fought in in training camp so far. Starting in Carolina, where Matt Rule, head coach, says he won't name a starter until after at least the first two preseason games. Between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, he says, for now, they're neck and neck. Which is Well, just... and I
1: figured, you know, that kind of makes sense if 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 it's to be believed, right? We have to take yeah. certain things the coaches say with a grain of salt. Of course. I figure Mayfield and Darnold are both kind of putting it out to prove it. Mayf- May- Baker Mayfield wants to stick it to the Browns, right? This is what you gave up. And Darnold is one of the one of a few quarterbacks that are basically fighting for a position on a roster. Because if he doesn't make this, him, Carson Wentz, and a couple others, like they may not have careers going forward, at least as starters.
2: Yeah, right.
0: There's a lot at stake for both of them. And I don't think, so they play their first preseason game tomorrow, Saturday. I don't think they've even said who's starting yet, but they're both going to get playing time for sure. In, right. uh, and I, w-
1: I would say that just because, you know, one gets the start of the first quarter over the year isn't necessarily a sign. Don't read too deep into it.
0: Right, because they're going to want them to see them both play with the first team offense and stuff. Eval- use that to evaluate. I-, I still think it's just a joke if Mayfield isn't the week one starter. But okay. whatever, we'll see. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. True. Uh, so over in Seattle, uh, Geno Smith apparently has the lead over Drew Locke, and Smith will start their first preseason game this weekend. And and then in Pittsburgh, Mitch Trubisky is, quote, the clear favorite, and that's according to some uh, beat reporters. And Najee Harris had the quote that Mitch is turning a lot of heads in camp. And this is my comment, not his. I love this. And not just because of his passes sailing over receivers' heads and turning their heads for that reason. I don't think that's what he meant.
1: Nice. (laughs) Thank you.
0: And uh,
1: And their preseason game starts at 7 o'clock tomorrow. So I think I may have to tune into that one.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And Mitch is going to get the start. A couple more injury updates before we get into our division breakdown The Jets, for the second year in a row, they lose their star young offensive tackle, Mackay Becton, for the season, this time with a broken kneecap, which sounds incredibly painful.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Do you really need that?
0: <laughs> Apparently. Uh, and they've signed veteran Dwayne Brown to a two-year contract to fill in that role so look at the poor jets they they lose potentially zach wilson we'll see on that one and beckton again again mm-hmm. and then uh yeah they, but they weren't expected to be a contender or anything they were more an exciting team with a bunch of youngsters especially after this year's draft but it, this what is potentially more impactful to the you know the league as a whole is darren waller Raiders tight end has a hamstring injury that's, they say, quote, not considered serious, but he's already missed a couple of weeks of training camp. Not to practices. mention,
1: hamstring injuries are one of those things that can be nagging throughout a season. So you yeah. can see him in and out of games or potentially miss chunks of games yeah. while this was happening. I believe um, it was either Julio, I think Julio Jones' last year with the Falcons battled a hamstring problem. Mm-hmm. Um, And you just... It's it sucks to see a good player that can't play, and especially someone that's as critical to the Raiders offense as as Waller is.
0: Yeah, and it's the kind of thing you can't rush either, because it's easily re-aggravated, like you said. So we'll keep still got, you know, still got almost four weeks until the regular season starts. So there's time. And it's not like he needs preseason or training camp. He and he and um Carr have quite the connection already just something to monitor especially with our uh, fantasy draft coming up <laughs> all right so let's take a quick break come back and talk nfc south and we're back thank you matt for the music as usual
1: i mean yeah i'm here <laughs> for two things sound effects stupid comments
0: <laughs> and
1: amazing that. theme music lyrics
0: and you are nailing it on all three fronts.
1: <laughs> oh my.
0: <laughs> Continuing our divisional breakdowns. We're in the NFC now with the NFC South. And as usual, we'll go top to bottom in order of the standings, starting with the Buccaneers. So
2: the to Pirates. quickly
0: to quickly recap their 2021 season, they finished with a 13 and 4 record, good for first place. And uh they were yeah, coming into their Super Bowl defending champion season. They mostly cruised on their ship, their pirate ship, through the regular season, uh, losing only to the Rams. The Saints both times, actually, including an inexplicable 9-0 to zero shutout.
1: Was but, that when we watched Winston have like a 900-yard game and we thought this guy had something? And I was like, just wait. <laughs> buckle, your, buckle your bootstraps up. This is not going to go the way you think it's going to.
0: I don't know. I could be wrong about this, but I feel like that was a Trevor Simeon game, which would make it even crazier. <laughs> um, and then they also lost a game to the Washington football team, but it barely, it doesn't even seem possible based on how good Brady was in year one with Tampa Bay, but he, he was even better in year two and increasing on his, at least from statistical uh, side of things, increasing his completion percentage to 67%, 5,300 pass yards and 43 touchdowns. In his age 44 season. Uh, they obviously made the playoffs. They were the number two seed in the NFC. They just completely dominated the Eagles in the wildcard round. Before falling to the eventual champions. The Rams in the divisional round. Uh, if you remember that was a game where they went. The Rams built a 27-3 to 3 lead. With just three minutes left in the third quarter.
1: You know I'm sorry. I have to say it every time. That number and that score will always forever haunt me.
0: Yeah. Well, not anymore. You're a Colts fan now, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, true.
0: <laughs> so now you can just laugh like the rest of us. <laughs> Except that I'm pretty sure everyone outside of the Boston area was rooting for the Falcons that day.
1: <laughs> Correct.
0: <clears throat> uh, but then, yep. Just like in that, that Super Bowl, Brady made a crazy comeback. They, I think, they tied it at 27 thanks to a bunch of fumbles by the Rams. But ultimately, the Rams came through, kicked a game-winning field goal, and that ended things for Tampa Bay. Then there was a brief moment in time where Brady retired this offseason for a couple weeks, and then he came back. So he's back.
1: See, it's funny, though, because the last time we've had quarterbacks do this, namely Favre Uh and... Wasn't there one other quarterback? He retired and came back. I don't know. I fl- like you farb sticks well, in my head because he I came remember back.
0: Carson, Carson Palmer threatened to, to get out of Cincinnati. Right. Back in the day.
1: Wow. Going way back, but they came back and they did okay, but then they ended terribly. And here Brady is, I think he's going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Most of that team is still built around him. So, but right. we'll see. There was a lot of moves that happened.
0: Yeah. We'll get into that in just a second. Um, so looking at the numbers, they had the second-best offense in terms of yards per game. Passing offense was number one. On the ground, they were 26th. And they scored 30 points per game, which was second-best. The defense was incredibly stingy against the run. They were the third-best running defense, uh, 21st against the pass. And, and overall, they allowed the fifth-fewest points per game. So pretty good on both sides of the ball once again. Uh, yeah, in terms of players lost. Brady's back, but Grox Rob Gronkowski's retirement has stuck for now, at least. We'll see.
1: I think he's not coming back.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: they lost several offensive linemen. Ali Marpet, who was a guard, a young, young guard, too. It's not like he was expected to retire. That was kind of a surprise. They lost Alex Kappa and free agency, another starting guard to the Bengals. Jordan Whitehead, safety to the Jets. O.J. Howard, another tight end uh, to the Bills. Ronald Jones, the running back to Kansas City. Jason Pierre-Paul, who last I saw is still a free agent. And same with Ndamukong Sue, the defensive tackle.
1: What are the odds that there's a chance that both of those guys, either one of two things, they either go to the Rams or they retire?
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that makes sense. At at that stage of their career, they're only going to join up a contender. Even if it's midseason. Look at what um, Eric Weddle, right, joined the – was it the Chargers?
1: Yeah, it was something. Like, he's a name that I I had kind of forgotten about. And then I'm like,
0: did he retire? (laughs) Anyway, yeah, you can see that some of these guys pulling a move like that. Uh, In terms of gains this offseason, they traded for Shaq Mason, guard from the Patriots. And then in free agency, they brought in Russell Gage, wide receiver from Atlanta, Makeem Hicks, defensive tackle from the Bears, Uh, Keanu Neal, safety from Dallas, and then Kyle Rudolph, tight end of the Giants most recently. And then in the draft, second-round pick, top of the second round, 33rd overall, they took Logan Hall, defensive end out of Houston, And then they had another second-round pick, 57th, which they used on a guard from Central Michigan uh, named Luke Gadecki. So the only real – they they had one coaching change in that their head coach, Bruce Arians, staying with the team but moving into a front office role so he won't be roaming the sidelines screaming in everybody's faces.
1: I'm a little upset about this.
0: (laughs) Taking over the reins is Todd Bowles, who has been the defensive coordinator since 2019. And then uh, moving into the defensive coordinator role is going to be Casey Rogers and Larry Foote. And they were both – they're both guys that uh, had worked with Bowles before.
1: I kind of excited that Bowles is going to get another shot. His, yeah. Like, his stint in in New York wasn't exactly – the greatest and he had not a lot of pieces to work with over there in my opinion
0: right and and not a lot of time either didn't wasn't it just one or two years before he got fired from that position I think
1: it was longer than that hold on
0: Ah, it doesn't matter yeah if you want to look it up you can I'll keep making noises with my mouth Uh, but yeah totally agree it's good to see him get another chance at a head coaching role with a much better setup around him that's for sure
1: Uh, he was there three years Oh, 2015 wow. through
0: 2018. Okay, you were right. Look at that.
1: Well, it, every every dog finds a bone, something like that. Even a blind squirrel. A squirrel That's... finds an acorn. <laughs> Wait, yeah, there it is. <laughs> See, between two of us, I, we'll figure this out. But I think there was, wasn't there a lot of, like, I don't want to say controversy, but there was a lot of chatter around that move, because I don't think anybody understood it. Like, Which I one? bolts? Yeah, well, with the way Arians, like, it was, like, abrupt. It was, like, Tuesday nothing happened, Wednesday morning we come to find out that Arians is going to the front office and Bulls is taking over, and everyone was like, wait, what? Usually there's some type of, like, rumor that circulates before it happens, and it seemed like there was nothing.
2: Mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really remember. I don't
1: know. But that's the thing now, so that's happening.
0: We'll see, yeah. How, how different things look. In terms of the roster, looking at the offensive studs, obviously Tom Brady, he's still he's 70 years old and still at the best, the height of his powers somehow. They've got a great wide receiver room with, um, well, so Chris Godwin is recovering from offseason. Some kind of procedure, I forget what exactly. He may or may not be ready week one, but you still got Mike Evans there, who is an elite talent, and then bringing Russell Gage, who was... Basically, Atlanta's number one receiver last year was oh, you know, serviceable, and bringing him in as their number three is is almost unfair. And I didn't even add to this list. They've Julio Jones now.
1: Yeah, I mean, the they mix. have <laughs> they kind of have one of still one of the most potent offensive fields. I mean, I think they still have in the backfield. Fournette. Um, Fournette Four and uh, Ronald Jones the second, I think, is still in their backfield.
0: No, Jones had left in free agency, but. They they drafted someone I think they're excited about, and Fournette has been really good for them.
1: Fournette had a career resurgence once he left. Uh, What was it, Carolina?
0: Jacksonville, yep.
1: Jacksonville. I'll get these right yet. (laughs) It's okay.
0: I know exactly. I got you.
1: (laughs) Somebody's got Um, to. I don't know football. Why am I on this freaking podcast? (laughs) You're an idiot.
0: So despite all the losses we talked about, it's still a really good offensive line. PFF ranks ranks them fourth. In the league, studs here, Shaq Mason, who they acquired in that trade, got a good pair of tackles. And Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith, I actually didn't see confirmation on what the injury was, but their star center, Ryan Jensen, suffered an injury in
1: camp. It's not Ryan, it's not Ryan Jenin?
0: <laughs> As I typed in there, no. Let me just check the news. Still no full prognosis, which is weird because that happened like a week, over a week ago. About two well, days ago, he, he was could back be
1: playing at practice. It tight to their chest, too.
0: That's true. But it seems so. It wasn't clearly. It wasn't a season ender. Um. I don't know what question to come up with for this offense. I guess just does it change anything with Arians no longer in the coaching role or the coordinator or yeah the coaching role because he was the offensive minded guy and obviously Bulls comes from the defensive side of things. So it'll really be up to fire. Well, to, and to, to
1: me, play. I really think. Let me go back up a little bit here on my screen at the numbers. It was the defense of this team, especially in the second half, that like to me made this team terrifying. Especially because of the fact that you couldn't you couldn't run against them. No. And and mm-hmm. so many teams that they were facing were like, or so many teams are converting to this run first mindset now with star running backs. And it's like when you played the Bucks, you couldn't do that. My biggest question is, does Brady keep it going? And I know we've said this for, what, the past 10 years? Yeah. Um, but without Gronk there, how does everything play out? With, with the potential for Chris Godwin missing out, how does this play out? So he has lost a few pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronald Jones and uh, Fournette in the backfield, I think, made a great combination with their skill set. Um, you know, you always hope well for the rookies that come in, but. There's something to be said about the veteran presence there. Uh The defense is still in pretty good shape though, but you know, you make note of this here. It was, did they do much to improve the secondary because they were not a great pass defense. Yeah. And I don't know if it's going to be enough. I mean, we saw what happened when, you know, I mean, Stafford beat them. I'll, I'll say it was more a defensive slog between the two because they kept it close. Mm. But, um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, the only guy they really added to the secondary, so they lose um, starting safety Jordan Whitehead. They bring in Keanu Neal from Dallas most recently and I don't know what that does to help because even Dallas didn't want to keep Keanu Neal, even though he has a history with Dan Quinn back to their Atlanta days. Right. But, you know, overall, you can't say that they're not going to be a playoff team they're poised to contend make a deep run once again on offense they've just completely like you're right they lost Gronk and we'll see about the health of uh, Godwin and honestly the health of Julio because he's healthy now but we saw what happened in Tennessee last year remember how excited we were and then how many games did he even end up playing
1: I think he played maybe a total of five or six games
0: yeah so and they
1: were sporadic I mean it's it's It wasn't like half the season, but he when he missed games, it was like three, four games at a time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: play a game and then miss two games and then play something and then be out four games. The next thing you know, it's the end of the year.
0: Yeah. And, And I feel like with Brady, he needs to be able to trust his receivers and build that up over a consistent run of games, which you may not get from Julio at this point.
1: We can only hope. I mean, apparently, like they did in New England for the longest time, look at how many times they took somebody washed up and sent them to New England and Brady yep. made them a star. But they had the talent already, right?
0: Yeah. I, I think I got to give this team an A minus.
1: Just for I'm the question. They have yeah. most of the components that they had last year. There's a couple of question marks, but nothing that I think is insurmountable by this team. They just have to want it. Um, so I go with a solid A. Most of the team is there. They've replaced. They've tried their best to replace the components that left or retired. And it's Brady. You can never count Brady out.
2: <laughs>
0: that is true. We've learned that <laughs> over the decades. All right, well, let's move on to the Saints, who were second place in the division last year with a nine and eight record. Kind of a weird year for them with no Michael Thomas at receiver after he had that off-season procedure, never ended up playing, and then a revolving door quarterback that featured Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, and I forgot about this. Even the rookie, Ian Book, had to start a game. What? what? <laughs> I, I think that was the COVID it game. It's like Jameis was hurt, and then I think Taysom and Simeon were on the COVID list or something. It, it went poorly. They lost that game. <laughs> But despite all this, they they only missed the playoffs because of tiebreakers, and they had a couple of impressive wins throughout the season. Packers fans like us will remember the thirty-eight to three season opener, like we just talked about. They swept the Buccaneers on the season, and they they beat the Patriots too. So there were some positives to take from a weird year for them.
1: Well, it was a big transition year, right? Like we didn't really know what to expect with the Saints' offense the first, you know, right. Brees yeah. is gone. Um, there was the the carousel of wondering if Winston and Simeon, how the new coordinator was going to work. Like there was a lot of questions. So I and think they had no team, receivers. Yeah. Once um, Michael um, Thomas yeah. went down, mm-hmm. there was nobody to throw the ball to.
0: Yep. So by the numbers, they were a pretty bad offense and a very good defense. Let's just leave it at that and move. Keep going. <laughs> they, <laughs> couple players lost in free agency, Teron Armstead, their longtime offensive tackle, uh, went to Miami. Marcus Williams, the safety, they actually lost two safeties. Marcus Williams went to Baltimore and Malcolm Jenkins retired.
1: Is it sad I always forget that there's Malcolm Jenkins and Malcolm Butler?
0: <laughs> too many Malcolms. And they all play defensive back, too.
1: <laughs> and none of them are in the middle.
0: Uh, they acquired some players in free agency, Tyron Matthew not
1: going to give me that one, that's fine
0: what'd you say? oh, in the middle, oh, good one
1: no, moments passed it's gone. no, I got it, I just got it
0: I actually just watched that for the first time a couple of years ago
1: yeah, I you're did. welcome it's, it's awesome, yeah shout out to you, Freddie Munitz
0: Walter White before he became a drug lord <laughs> So, yeah, they signed two free agents, two uh, safeties in free agency, Tyron Matthew from the Chiefs, and then Marcus May, who had been a longtime starter with the Jets. They also brought Daniel Sorensen for some reason from the Chiefs. And then Jarvis Landry at wide receiver, which I I really liked that move. And then Andy Dalton to uh, be the backup quarterback, I guess, from the Bears most recently. They had a pair of first-round draft picks. 11th overall, they took Chris Olave, wide receiver from the Ohio State.
1: Excellent choice.
0: And then, yeah. And then 19th overall, they took Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, who the only thing I've heard about him is that he had been, was in, like, three fights the very first week of training camp. So let's, uh, so he's got the heart. He's got the passion, I guess.
1: Uh, well, I was going to say, I think he's in the wrong sport. That's hockey that you watch. <laughs> right. <over. laughs>
0: And then so yeah, the that's biggest, a good
1: sign if you're picking fights in the first week of training camp with your teammates.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's the only thing I know about him. Major shakeup in the coaching staff with Sean Payton surprisingly walking away after the previous season. Uh, he'd obviously he'd been there since 2006, most notably leading the team to that Super Bowl victory in '09. Uh, kind of a fairy tale story there after the hurricane. And uh, yeah, he will be missed for sure. Stepping in to fill his shoes will be Dennis Allen, who's been the defensive coordinator there for a long time. And filling his shoes and at the defensive coordinator spot, there it's a it's a joint thing, I guess, between uh, the D line coach and secondary coach from the last few years.
1: Well, yeah, you have to figure out somebody's got to run that stuff. I mean, you talk about the coaching staff of the Saints; it's almost like It's almost like the Steelers. It feels like these guys have just been the coaches as long as we've been alive.
0: Right. And when anyone leaves, they just promote from within. They don't go out and make splash hirings, which you got to like the uh, consistency and continuity there.
1: Who knows these teams better than the coaches that coach these players?
0: Yep. Uh, In terms of the roster, starting on the offensive side, you got to start with Alvin Kamara, the running back. One of the most dynamic dual threat running backs in football. You've got uh, Ryan Ramczyk on the offensive line at tackle. And then Michael Thomas is back. he's healthy. healthy. You're right. When healthy. Last time we saw him, I think he led the NFL in receptions back in like 2019 or whenever the last time he was fully healthy. But he's (laughs) back and, you know, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like now. And they've had. Uh, and I think that is the biggest question: is what's the passing game going to look like? Because, like I said, last year they had no receivers. This year they've got Thomas back. They drafted Alave and they brought in Jarvis Landry. So all of a sudden they've got a pretty solid group of of starting wide receivers. And they've got uh, Jameis back. They brought him uh, back on another one year contract. And apparently this was just a tight end again. What did you say?
1: Nothing, not at all. I wasn't smack-talking Jameis Winston. I wouldn't <laughs> never do that.
0: <laughs> I officially win, uh, because Taysom is just a tight end again.
1: <laughs> it's oh, over. really? You're going to, like, <laughs> I converted you to that bandwagon to which you rode until all of a sudden you're like, nah, this is my stop.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what happened, yeah.
1: <laughs> I will remember this betrayal. <laughs>
0: On the defensive side, like we said, this was their strength. Uh, Five bucks
1: year. says Taysom starts again.
0: I'll, I'll take that bet. How about we make a karaoke bet on it?
1: That at some point.
0: This year, Taysom Hill will start a game at quarterback. I say no, you say yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Done.
0: Okay. Done. I'm going to write this down so we don't forget. Yep,
1: somebody write that down because I'm not going to remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like week like nine or 12. And we're going to be like, didn't we say something about this? I can't remember.
0: I'm going to be like, why, why is Taysom Hill starting a game and why am I extra mad about it? I can't remember.
1: <laughs> That's the worst type of anger when you don't know why you're angry, but you're just extremely <laughs> angry.
0: I'm writing it down right now.
1: I can hear you typing on your phone.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Defensive studs. Marshawn Lattimore at cornerback. And I guess this is another scenario where we're at odds, or at least I'm at odds with our BFF. PFF, or our PFF BFFs but I think uh, Tyron Matthew and Marcus May are really good safeties but they had them at the low grade we were in agreement on Sorensen he's not good <laughs> Pete Werner is apparently a good linebacker oh, he was a rookie last year and especially effective as a run defender and then Cameron it's Jordan a, is the name that.
1: It's, it's these guys. Cameron Jordan, my God, 12 and a half knows, sacks last year. Everyone
0: knows Cameron Jordan, yeah. Uh, the, he had, yeah, 12 and a half sacks. Even though he's, you know, in his mid 30s, he's still an effective player. Uh, and then Marcus Davenport was the name that I didn't know, but he had nine sacks as well on the other side of the, uh, the line there. Uh, biggest defensive question for me is just how do these new safeties slot in and. You know they have their share of baggage. Matthew took a long time to sign, which was weird. He I, he wasn't exactly a hot commodity at the you know when the Chiefs let him go.
1: I'm actually surprised. I know Matthew has you could say baggage. I think is what you called it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's pretty solid at his position. Like he's I mean, a playmaker. He, right. He's 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 not always going to lead stat boards, but To me, when I look at players, I look at for the moments that they need to do something, something happens. And I talk a lot about timing, right? Like timing isn't something that necessarily shows up on these stat sheets like sacks and interceptions and fumbles. Mm -hmm. But it's even more important than that because that's what causes it. And I think his presence, which is another thing, you can never grade somebody on their presence. But with Trevon Matthew lurking, you know, you've got to be careful with that football.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Overall thoughts on this team. I feel like the defenses should be good again. But as a team, I think they'll only go as far as Jameis can take them. And we'll see if um, having all these upgrades at wide receiver helps. I've always been a fan of Winston's game for some reason. So I guess you could say I'm a believer that this could be the year he puts it all together.
1: Winston has shown that he can, he can, he has flashes of performance, which leads you to be hopeful, right? Now let's put a receiving core on him. Let's bring back some running backs. Let's shore up the offensive line. Defense is still there. But Dennis Allen is calling the shots now. Sean Payton is arguably one of the best offensive, creative offensive coaches in the NFL, and he is not there anymore. Mm hmm. You're now taking somebody who is spectacularly not off the table, not top five consistently. But what uh, Dennis Allen has done with that defense is made them someone that keeps them in the game, which is all you can ask your defense to be. I don't know if I would put this above maybe a C plus because there's too many questions right now. There's too many new pieces to all of this, and there's too many uncertainties for those pieces. How is Dennis Allen going to run this offense? How is Winston going to be, is Winston going to be able to put all the pieces together with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, uh, Alvin Kamara? Will these safeties, uh, Trayvon Matthew and May, be able to make a difference immediately? Um, how is that offensive line going to look with, with Armstead retired? Like There's just too many questions for me to put this above a C+, plus, meaning there's a lot of upside to the team, But I wouldn't be surprised if they broke even this year.
0: Yeah, like another nine and eight, eight and nine season. Yeah. I had them slightly higher. I give them a B because I I guess I'm a believer in those safeties. And for whatever reason, for for better or worse. I'm kind of a believer in Jameis Winston. So I'm
2: excited. Again, he's
1: shown flashes he can do it without the parts. But the question is now, he has all the pieces around him essentially to make a valiant effort. Does he capitalize? And I can't answer that question.
0: Yep. we just have to wait and see. All right, fine. I'll lower my B to a B
1: minus. <laughs> Let's Slowly move on. But surely I will turn you again.
0: Let's move on to the Falcons. Uh, they were seven and ten last year, good for third place in the division. It was Arthur Smith's first year as the head coach there, and pretty disappointing overall. They never won back-to-back games, and they never had a winning record throughout the season. On offense, they they were dealt a huge blow when their star receiver Calvin Ridley, you know, expected to fill the shoes of Julio Jones in his first year, gone from the team. Uh, But in the sort of midseason, he stepped away from football to focus on his mental health. And now he's been suspended the entire year of 2022 for for betting actually on a Falcons game. And then. So going back to last year, Matt Ryan was left with a receiving core consisting mostly of rookie tight end Kyle Pitts and uh, Russell Gage. And that was it. They also struggled a ton on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't know about you, but I do not remember them winning seven games. That seems high, but I double-checked it. It's correct. No,
1: I remember. I remember. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about it. I remember. I remember they don't know how an onside kick works.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Good times.
1: Both of my teams, Green Bay and Atlanta, special teams, don't know how it works, but I can tell you I could coach them better.
0: So in the offseason, they traded away Matt Ryan. He requested the trade, and uh, he saw the writing on the wall. This team is entering rebuild mode. Uh, So he goes to the Colts, where he'll have another shot, or a legitimate shot at at least make the playoffs or something.
2: So excited.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I am excited, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I already mentioned Calvin Ridley won't be playing this year, and then they also lost Russell Gage in free agency to Tampa Bay, as we discussed. They brought in Brian Edwards, wide receiver from Vegas via trade. Uh, He's a young receiver who hasn't lived up to His potential yet you could say And then in free agency they brought in Marcus Mariota To be their starting quarterback And also Casey Hayward, cornerback Who was also in um, With the Raiders the last few years Yep, yep Then in the draft with the 8th overall pick They took Drake London Wide receiver from USC
1: I thought though Hold that thought, did you Mm. say anything On that yet? I thought I just saw He
0: got hurt tonight, yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, well, fine. I won't contribute. Shit. Oh, thank fine, you. do it.
0: Whatever. No, you look it up. Fine. Is it is it serious? I hadn't seen yet, I, but I saw he left the game. Yeah. Oh,
1: I mean, I guess I'll look now that you took my freaking thunder away. I really wanted to contribute something. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> see, 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 fans. It's not just that I don't do anything for the show. It's just Mike has to do it all.
0: I mean, I just have to one up you and like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I already knew that, man.
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is I started typing in Drake and it just comes up with rapper Drake.
0: It's good. We got a Drake reference and a DJ Khaled reference in one episode. We're hip. We're cool. <laughs> are those guys still relevant? <laughs> is
1: the kids are in. I don't know. Um, uh, apparently, per sources, that Drake London is okay. It's a minor injury, but they will still be doing uh, testing, testing, and know probably more tomorrow. So it seems like tomorrow we should have full updates on these guys.
0: Cool. Um, And then in the third round, they took Desmond Ritter, quarterback, out of Cincinnati.
1: The Riddler.
0: The Riddler, yes. Um, Okay, so not a whole lot of studs on this team. Kyle Pitts at tight end. He was a rookie last year, and he became only the second tight end in league history to post 1,000 receiving yards as a rookie. And uh, I looked it up. The other one is Mike Ditka. So that's a fun Fun one for our Chicago it's like listeners. Should be
1: a fact for you kids at home.
0: Then <laughs> they got some good good uh, players on the line, and Matt Hennessy, the center, and Chris Lindstrom, uh, one of their guards.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I didn't put him in the studs category because it's more of a question about Cordero Patterson. He was pretty big I feel big
1: like we like we never take this guy seriously. No, he's I... been he's been I like last year was phenomenal, right? But he's been yeah. solid in almost every team he's been on. He may not be leading but I thought he was pretty solid with the Bears. He did fine with the Vikings. And then like I guess he just needed a chance. Like I guess those teams though also throw the ball a little bit more even though the Bears probably shouldn't have thrown the ball as much as they did that year, but that's fine.
0: Well, I yeah, I mean I feel like he was terrible with the Bears because they tried to make him a full-time running back and I never thought that was his skills his Greatest or they strength.
1: just use it, or a lot of teams use him as a kick returner, and that was it. Like with yeah. New he was primarily a kick returner.
0: Right, and he, and he is. Like, I think that's a waste
1: of his skills. Like well, he's good at it, but like he can clearly run the ball, like or catch the ball out of the backfield and take off with it.
0: He's actually this stat blows my mind every time because I, it just doesn't seem right. But I think he's tied for the league lead in uh, kick returns touchdowns in NFL history.
1: Is that with Mr. Hester?
0: Oh, man. I don't know, man. (laughs) I know he has a combined most between kicks and punt returns. Patterson, I think all were, or most of them were from kickoff returns, but whatever. Either way, he was really good for the Falcons last year. He had 1,100 all-purpose yards and 11 touchdowns, despite the fact that by the end of the year, he was the only guy on the team outside of Kyle Pitts.
1: (laughs) And then there was one.
0: He's 31 now, but they didn't really. The team didn't do a whole lot to give him competition for this year. So I guess didn't that's never
1: my do. that's oh, my question. So aggravating.
0: Can he make an impact again, or or really go back to kind of what he was the rest of his career?
1: I hope not. I want this guy to really. I want this guy to light it up. Show these other teams what they what they. I love when players show teams what they lost.
0: Yeah. See, so you just had to do this, and I would have been a great player. Right. <laughs> And then the other question is, how long until we see Ritter? I know he's a third-round pick, so not someone that they're expecting much from right away. But, you know, we'll see. Mariota's in a bridge quarterback role now, and I am looking forward to see him start.
1: It'll be good to see Mariota back on the field. I think I'm not going to judge too harshly, given the current personnel of the Falcons right now like Mariota is basically going to be trying to hold this team together with like chewing gum and a few paper clips <laughs> until they yeah. can actually start to build a rapport and I don't know if I see Ritter starting this year I think he's got to sit because if you look at the quarterback class nobody jumped out mm-hmm. um maybe um
0: I mean take it was the to, one yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: that went to mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is probably one of the only one that may have a shot
0: to start this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, But just for a team in a situation like Atlanta, you wonder if they get to a point of the season where
1: if know, it's lost. Just give them experience.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. Tank without tanking. Tank, but also say you're giving your rookie experience and that's why you're doing it. So, you know, we'll see. On the defensive side, they've got a pair of really good corners, actually. AJ Terrell is a second year player last year, and he, per PFF, he was the second best cover corner last year, second only to Jalen Ramsey. And we've already seen some incredible videos come out of training camp of him and um, London going at it. Best fights? And and then uh, Casey Hayward, the veteran, coming in. pretty effective still at age 32. Is he another former Packer? I think so.
1: Uh, That sounds familiar. Please hold.
0: Anyway, he's, he's still an effective player and should bring some leadership to what's a really young secondary here
2: in Atlanta. Uh,
1: Yes. Hayward was drafted in the second round of the 2012 draft.
2: Oh, cool. So, yeah, I mean, we don't, we, don't
1: have,
0: we don't have to devote much word, much um, many more words to this team. <laughs> There's some good players on the roster, but overall, looks pretty bleak for them uh, in terms of this year. I got them at a C minus.
1: I that's fair enough. I mean, I I love I love the Falcons. Maybe. Maybe I should just say I was a Matt Ryan fan. Is that fair? <laughs> I feel like that gets me out of a lot of problems. But
0: Yeah, let's go with that.
1: <laughs> this team has to figure out its identity, and this is going to be a year that that's exactly what they're doing. Um, yep. C- minus is fine.
0: All right, Panthers, last team in the division. They were 5-12 and last year, which is crazy, given the fact that they were off to a 3-0 and start, I think. So they brought in Sam Darnold last offseason, signed him to a big contract, not a big contract, but like I think a three-year contract, and they got off to a great start. Like I said, winning their first three games out of the gate, then they went on to lose 12 of the last 14, including a seven-game losing streak to end the season as everything came crashing down around Darnold. He threw nine touchdown passes in the 12 games he played, and things got so bad that they brought in Cam Newton again, who went 0-5 as a starter. For the team. That's. And I mentioned Darnold's nine touchdown passes. Here's a list of players who threw more than him last year. Trevor Simeon, who played half the amount of games, threw 11 touchdowns. Uh, Jameis Winston, who also played just seven games, threw 14 touchdowns. <laughs> and Davis Mills, who played the same amount of games, through 16 touchdowns. Mills! Yeah, we like him, actually. So, now we know for sure that Darnold is horrible, although apparently um, Matt Rule still thinks he might not be.
1: Isn't it? A, I mean, we keep touch. We touched on this a couple of times, but I find it hilarious that coaches try to be very political Leopard. at the podium.
0: Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: With like, no, there's a competition going on when it's like anybody who knows who has an inkling about football like we do looks at this and goes, really? It's
0: not a competition. It would be so refreshing for a coach to just be like, oh, yeah, no, that guy sucks. (laughs) (laughs) He's never starting
2: for us again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Only if Baker gets hurt will you see Darnold on that field.
0: Yeah, so Christian McCaffrey got hurt again last year for the second year in a row, missed most of the season due to injury, and the offense was just terrible. Bottom bottom three in most categories. Uh, The defense was a surprising bright spot.
1: Oh, their defense was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, but talk about a contrast. Like they didn't bend, but they gave up the bottom half in points. It's,
0: it's weird. Yeah. They only, I, and I think I know what happened here. They gave up 305 yards per game, which was second best. And their pass defense was fourth best. Uh, rushing defense was a little bit worse, ranked 18th. But then, yeah, points per game, they gave up 23.8, which was 21st. And I bet I know what happened. It was Sam Darnold turning the ball over on the goal line and then other teams just punching it in.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? As funny as that may be, that does make sense. A shorter field means that they're actually defending less. Yep. Nope. Mm-hmm. I get you.
0: I'm guessing that's what happened. Yeah.
1: Or if we want to make it more embarrassing, it was literally death by field goals.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Could be that too. And Everything then uh,
1: seven field goals that came against them. That would be embarrassing.
0: They did lose some players on the defense and free agency, though, uh, most notably Hassan Reddick, the outside linebacker who went to the Eagles. Stephon Gilmore, veteran corner who went to the Colts and then Daquan Jones, defensive tackle going to the Bills. Obviously, their biggest move of the offseason was trading for Baker Mayfield. Huh? And um, yeah, like we said, he will have he's he's currently in a, quote, competition with Donald for the starting role.
1: I'm just picturing Dan Campbell walking up and being like, that guy? If I wouldn't start him. <laughs> Next question.
0: Uh, in free agency, they brought in Austin Corbett, guard from the Rams, Xavier Woods, safety from the Vikings, and then Johnny Hecker, the Rams punter as well. Their first round pick, they had the sixth overall selection this year. They took Iki Iquanyu, offensive tackle from NC State. And then uh, they, they were another team to draft a quarterback in the third round. They took Matt Corral out of Mississippi. And he is, I guess he's not in the battle.
1: He's... I do have to say the quarterbacks or the teams that took quarterbacks seem to somewhat make sense, right? Like Pittsburgh makes mm-hmm. sense that they take a quarterback. Right. Atlanta, the Panthers, like at least it's not teams grabbing something like, like, like Kansas City taking a quarterback or Green Bay taking a quarterback. Another
0: one, yeah, yeah. Agreed. They Let's see. Coaching changes. They fired offensive coordinator Joe Brady in favor of Ben McAdoo. Oh, no. Who is probably most known for his year and a half as the Giants head coach. Did you know they made the playoffs? I was shocked by this. They actually made the playoffs in his first year as head coach.
1: They were so excited for McAdoo. I do remember that. And then, like... He absolutely like I don't know. He forgot how football worked in the second <laughs> season, or it was just pure dumb luck. Because I think his first year was uh, Daniel Jones's first year.
0: Yeah, I forget if it was his first year or was it Eli's last year. I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, yeah, they started out two and ten in his second year. No, there.
1: no, no, no. It was no because the second <laughs> okay. year, the half year he played. Remember, he benched Eli for no uh, reason. Oh, oh, holy. And yes. that's pretty much what led
0: to his firing. He, like, broke his consecutive start streak or something for, for no, no reason. reason. <laughs> and then and then had to go crawling back to him a couple weeks later anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's what happened. Good old Ben McAdoo. Anyway, he's the offensive coordinator here now <laughs> in Carolina. Offensive studs, obviously you've got Christian McCaffrey, a running back. Uh, like I mentioned, he's been injured a lot the last two seasons. But when he's helped...
1: I don't know if I'd put him in that stud right now. He's, to me, he was amazing out of the gate, but he has to stay healthy.
0: Yeah. I don't thing. know he's,
1: if I trust that right now.
0: It's been two years in a row that he's missed uh, most of the seasons, and it's been with different kinds of injuries, too. I mean, you can't argue that when he's out there. He's he's one of the best, and he's, he's a very versatile guy, too, runner, pass catcher. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So we'll, yeah. So we'll have to see if he can stay on the field this year. And then DJ Moore at wide receiver, he's. I feel so bad. There's so many of these receivers around the league who have just dealt with poor quarterback play their whole careers. Moore's another one of those guys. But despite that, he's been pretty consistent, topping a thousand receiving yards in every year ex- since his rookie season.
1: Yeah, I can, I can back that up. I, I think he's a stud.
0: And then uh, Bradley Bozeman, the center, is good. Obviously, the biggest question for the offense is the quarterback position. Will Baker Mayfield start? And then is he, like, the answer? <laughs> so I think he's on a – I think it's just a one-year deal. So, you know, they've been uh, I think
1: it's two years.
0: Okay. Yeah, you could be right. But either way, Carolina's been struggling for a while to find a long-term solution. You know, it was Teddy Bridgewater – Two years ago, Sam Darnold last year, neither has worked out. And Baker Mayfield has had obviously rough patches in his career, but also along with flashes of of playing really well. So I wonder if, is there a chance things go right for both him and the Panthers and and this becomes a long-term thing? We will see. I'm rooting for it. I would love to see a Baker Mayfield career revival here.
1: Be phenomenal. I like the guy. Don't get me wrong.
0: Especially with him playing the Browns in week one.
1: That is the greatest way to start a season. (laughs) Like he could, he could lose the rest of the year, but if he like absolutely annihilates the Browns, he'll just be like, see, told you suck the rest of the year, but I kicked your ass.
0: Yeah. That's the one game that he's got circled for sure. On the defensive side of the ball, it's a little early to call him a stud, but their first-round pick last year was J.C. Horn, the corner. And he was off to a really good start before getting hurt and missing the back half of the year. And then Jeremy Chin, you know, the young player, he's at safety. He made a lot of big plays. I remember one game I think he had back-to-back plays with a fumble return for a touchdown, which was just (laughs) unreal. And then Shaq Thompson at linebacker is a good veteran presence kind of anchoring the, the the run defense there.
1: Yep, yep. I surprisingly agree with you on this part. It's good, good choices.
0: This is nice. <laughs> and then as far as defensive questions, is just can they repeat it? Because like I said, it was a little bit of a surprise how, how well they played. I wouldn't say there's a lot of absolute star power, but... They worked really well as a cohesive group and and really outperformed the expectations.
1: Well, and even if this defense can do like a half to three quarters of what it did last year, it was the offense that wasn't getting anything going. Right. Defense held it together. But I mean, I think Baker, and this is kind of crossing into that overall thought process that you have Mm -hmm. going on here. Um, I think Baker's a huge improvement. I think he, he, has been in way more situations than, than Darnold has. He's got weapons around him and I think it hinges on, can McCaffrey stay healthy and can this defense repeat itself? If those two things can come to fruition, I don't, I don't see why Carolina couldn't be a contender in the division. Very similar to how it started last year, mm-hmm. um, but actually continue. Um and even even if they went eight okay. and nine, like just under five hundred, like there's no reason why this team can't make a big impact,
0: yeah, yeah, I feel like they should be pretty good. i I do see Baker as a big improvement, and i'm just I'm just taking it for granted that he's going to start week one. I'm not listening to any of matt rules b s <laughs> and I, I think, think
1: that, many of us are on that 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 yeah bandwagon.
0: And that's going to be a boost for the offense, which will help the defense if they're turning the ball over less. Uh, On the the flip side, though, if things do get off to a rocky start, I feel like Matt Rule is starting the season on the hot seat. They signed him to that big that seven-year contract a couple years ago. Things have gone horribly, horribly, especially for a guy who's supposed to be offensive-minded. So if they do get off to a rocky start, I could see the Panthers being the first team to fire their coach and start over. <laughs> but um, yeah, I see. I agree with you though. I see a path for them to be good, a relevant team in the in the playoff picture. I give them a B. That's probably I'm modifying that on the fly to like a B minus C plus range because I. I I think they're below the Saints, which I landed at a B minus. So
1: I'm going to put them at a B minus. I think they have, they don't have nearly the same amount of questions. They have, okay, let me think this thought through.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Because I think they have the same amount of questions as the Saints, but very different questions. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly are evolving around two key components. Will CMC stay healthy? And can the defense repeat? They at least have their quarterback situation fairly solid, according to our belief Mm -hmm. um, of Baker. Like, there's a clear start there, right? Like, we don't know what the Saints are going to do, because what happens if Winston doesn't work out? What happens at the very least here, if Baker got hurt, like, I guess I know they don't. Again, assumptions. They don't want to start Darnold, but at the very least, they have somebody behind Baker. Like, this team has a little bit more depth in those key areas to where they could cobble something together. But I didn't think about it until you said it. But, yeah, Rule being in the hot seat, I think they may play it through this year. But if we don't see them go 8-9 nine or 9-8 nine and eight and at least make a, a challenge in this division, then I don't see them returning in 2023.
0: Yeah, I agreed with that. It's going to be an interesting division, everyone except Atlanta. Sorry, Falcons.
1: Bricking Atlanta.
0: <laughs> okay, so I think that's a good place for us to stop today. We will. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll be back soon with the NFC East breakdown. Until then, let's all enjoy the preseason and buckle up.
1: It's going to be a bumpy ride.
0: See you next time.
1: Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.